Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. All right, everybody, how's it going? We are here with a couple of special guests today, Mark and Jimmy on the mics as usual. Across the table from us in person is Nick Loffenberg. Nick, you've been on the podcast a number of times before. Always bring up some interesting topics around precision shooting, some competition stuff. Across the table from us in virtual form next to Mark is Mr. Travis Ishida of NRL. And uh, super cool having Travis here today because we had a podcast a little bit ago. We were actually just discussing this and uh, and airing our grievances with Travis about his poor timing. Just kidding. <laughs> it, was our, it was our poor timing. Uh, but we did a Rimfire podcast. Specifically, we talked about, you know, all about the Rimfire. We talked a little bit about competition stuff, NRL having the NRL 22 uh, for a few years now. And we discussed to the new uh, Strike Eagle 5-25. Go check it out if you haven't yet. Super cool optic for this kind of stuff and really any long-range shooting. But uh, I think it was like the day after we released that podcast, I swear, they announced a thing called NRL 22X, which... Anybody who's lived in the 90s knows that if you put an X on something, it's going to be <laughs> super duper awesome. So, yeah, we fully expect this to be really awesome. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about a bit. But, Travis, for those not familiar with you, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners real quick? Absolutely. First and foremost, thank you guys for having me on. It's, a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to be uh, in such great company. My name is Travis Ashida. I'm one of the co-founders uh, of the National Rifle League. National Rifle League is a 501c3 non-for-profit organization that's dedicated to the growth of precision rifle safety, you know, good ethics, good, you know, the whole the whole gamut of stuff. We started NRL as a centerfire um, national league, and uh, shortly, about a year after that, uh, Tyler Frainer, who's my my partner co-founder, came up with the idea of of doing this with 22s, and the NRL 22 was born. And then a couple of years later, we're here today with the NRL 22X. As as the sport evolves and continues to grow, that's what we're we're here to talk about today. And uh, we're just you know we're we're happy to be here and, and super excited to see this sport uh, precision rifle take off in so many different new directions. So yeah, that's I guess kind of who I am and and where we are in a nutshell, real quick. Otherwise, I'd take up the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, though. Like. Seeing the amount of people that were, you know, commenting and engaging with that first episode we came out with on Rimfire stuff specifically, and the excitement level around Rimfires uh, and and having these competitions now and seeing it evolve so much, it's one of those things that you just can't help but smile about because you just think to yourself, you're going from 22s just always having been, ah, yeah, it's a kid's gun, it's, you know, it's whatever, it's... You know, it's fun to poke yeah. around with, but then actually throwing in the competitive nature to it and uh, really having people go hog wild with it. I mean, Nick, you're talking about multi-thousand dollar rigs dedicated to shooting a round that so many people looked at as just for, for so long. It's just, oh yeah, first gun, great round, you know, whatever. I think Seth was on our podcast last time talking about just like the history of people making really competitive games out of like kind of seemingly at the time goofy little like insignificant things but 22 not insignificant now though it's a it's on fire it is it, it, it's crazy i mean literally when tyler and i sat down a couple of years ago and, and we're talking about the idea of nrl 22 we had no idea if we were going to get five people 
uh, to, you know, join in on our crazy idea or if this was going to explode. And it literally took off faster than we could, I mean, we could handle it. I mean, we lost, not to say we lost control over it, but it happened so fast that we were backordered on, on memberships and getting, you know, merchandise out for, for months. Wow. Um, and we're the same way now, but that's because of COVID. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it just skyrocketed. We, uh, we've truly been blessed. I mean, with 22, we have just under 1,000 members that are NRL 22 specific. We average 55 club matches a month wow. throughout the nation, which, I mean, that's more than most series have in an entire year. You know, I, I think we're in like six or seven other countries. You know, it, it's... It's insane. I had no idea that this was this was going to be the end result of two guys having a crazy idea. Why do you why do you think that growth has been so rapid? Like, what what do you think the contributing factors are to that? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is that we make it as easy as possible for anybody to participate. So, if you want to start a NRL twenty two match in your local you know your local area, all you need really is a hundred yard range a target package, which is a couple of hundred bucks and some props. So mm -hmm. the props are all stuff that you can get at your local hardware store, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, whatever it is. The target package we sell on the website through JC Steel, or we give you the dimensions and you can have them locally sourced or made yourself, whatever you want to do. And then every month our team puts out a five stage course of fire. So our match directors, literally all they have to do is follow the outline that we provide to them. And they can go out there and set up an NRL 22 uh, match. And outside of those five courses of fire, if they want to get creative and have fun and push limits, they can add additional courses of fire. And it just becomes one of those things where it's like the old mail-in matches from, you know, years back where anybody, you know, virtually anybody can do it. We have guys that do this at military ranges. Uh, we have guys that do this at police ranges, at, uh, you know, professional ranges. We have some guys that do these in their cornfield in their backyard. So if you have 100 yards and, and the basics, you can rock a match. It's great, too. It's like, what have you got to lose? I mean, everybody's got a 22 laying around somewhere. You don't have to go out and buy some, you know, four-figure precision rifle and start getting into reloading and, you know, start getting into all this other stuff, have a bunch of gear. It's like... Yep, I'll grab that old 1022 that's been, you know, just kind of collecting dust in the back corner and just head out there. I got a brick of 22 ammo that he got for not a lot. Of course, with everything going on right now, maybe that's to be treated <laughs> like gold. I don't know. Um, the new currency. Yeah, exactly. Right. Seriously. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's, what have you got to lose? You might as well go and try it, you know? That was kind of the, the, the thought behind it was when we started the 22 is we wanted to make this, not for, you know, the competitive shooter per se, not the guys that shoot centerfire. We wanted this to be something for, you know, the youth and for women and for people that are, you know, aren't comfortable shooting a precision rifle yet or kind of scared of the bigger calibers. We wanted to make this something where the whole family can go out and have fun and, and make it something that, you know, father and son or father and daughter can can bond and, and go out and, and create a hobby and get people off of their their uh, iPhones or video games, get them out of the house and, and go do things. And yeah, the stories and letters that we've got from fathers about their relationship with their, their child now is just, that's like one of the main reasons we keep doing this. Yeah. 
Well, what happened, though, is that now all these precision guys are getting jealous of all the fun everybody's having, and you got guys like Nick over here. Nick, what what's this build that you're putting together that you're telling me about where, like, uh, it just is... Yeah, I, I got a uh, Rimex Action um, plus one of their magazines here. I guess it's been about a month and a half, two months ago. Um, I got a proof research brief at Barrel coming for it, and it should be here sometime this month. Is that like one of the carbon ones? Uh, no, I'm not doing carbon. Yeah, it's Holy basically smokes. exactly what he's running right there. Uh, only difference is I'll be having a, it'll probably be a KRG chassis that I put on there. And uh, just because I happen to have one of the Whiskey 3s at home that is very dynamic. My goodness. Yeah, that's a, a hell of a rifle. Look there. That. Yeah, <laughs> Travis. Look, look, Tra- looking at Travis's rifle and what you just described, Nick, it's very clear you, you, you guys have spiraled out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's yeah. always funny to me when people hold up these guns because you've got a pretty pretty good profile barrel there it's not by any means like a pencil profile or anything like that average length i mean everything about it looks like a full-on precision gun and then when they go like this with the bolt and they go and it just goes yeah, back right. you know maybe just like a couple inches and you're like oh yep that's a that's a rimfire <laughs> it really is amazing i mean you've taken really like you're talking about like probably the most fun fun cartridge fun gun the 22 yeah and you're just l- leveraging it to its fullest potential. Right. And I think it's just, it's cool. Of it all is. the precision shooting applications, or even maybe shooting, competitive shooting applications, this is the one, even though I haven't done it yet, yet, Jim. Right. The one that I'm personally drawn to most. And I think it's for all the reasons that you described. It's within reach. It's not super, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. You don't need a ton of space. You don't necessarily have to travel to some premier range to accomplish it or, or be out in the middle of nowhere. You can do it just about anywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. We've done a couple of just fun 22 matches down in our indoor range here at Vortex. Just, I mean, yeah. employees messing around and, and they're a ton of fun. And it's I think it's just that alone has gotten more employees into the competition like okay i want to try this you know yeah. oh, now i'm going to upgrade my gun i'm going to bring somebody else to it you know it's it's a it's a gateway drug for for, sure. for competition shooting definitely got to love those gateways <laughs> are, you, uh, are are you finding it's almost like uh are there any guys that are like hardcore precision you know center fire precision guys that are like wait a minute i'm going to focus on the NRL 22 stuff now because yes. i actually like that better there are yeah now, Absolutely. Is, is this where the X comes in? Well, um, kind of, I would say. I mean, I, I think I think having Travis explain the difference between NRL 22 and 22X would be interesting just to hear from his mouth because I have my own understanding, but, you know, him and Tyler are the guys that decided to go that route, so I'd be right. here, curious to hear you. Well, so. I, was, I was trying to do some research online, you know, pre-podcast, trying to yeah. be a responsible uh, reporter here. Uh <laughs> Pretty sure it's a secret society because uh, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't find anything, Travis. I found a little bit of stuff on on the website, which definitely explained a lot of the rules. But yeah, I'm I'm anxious to hear about uh, what's what's the X and 22X. Yeah. So first, we're we're constantly working on the website, so I apologize that there's not more information out there. But with uh, with everything going on right now, we're we're definitely going to be updating that. So. NRL 22 started off just like we talked about. It's 100 yards. It's five courses of fire that goes out nationally. Um, everybody shoots the same course of fire, and it's you know it's typically you can shoot the course of fire depending on how many member or how many people are competing in you know three to five hours. So it's a nice 
you know, it's a nice little Saturday or Sunday afternoon or whatever, right? It's perfect, right? Um, oftentimes we'll go shoot the match and then go have, you know, lunch and some beers and hang out at the pool afterwards. It's just a, it's a great day, right? With that, a lot of the competitors started asking and wanting more. They wanted more challenges. They wanted harder targets. They wanted different positions. More cowbell. Um, they wanted cowbell. And the, the funny thing is, is nobody to date has ever cleaned an NRL 22 course of fire. We've had some, some very high scores, but nobody's ever cleaned it, but they always wanted more, right? And on top of that, they wanted to run specific, uh, specific gear. So in NRL 22, we have gear restrictions, um, bag limitations. We have things um, that we put in place to keep it affordable and keep it fun and not let it turn into a gear race. Okay. Okay. That's nice. So with that, there was guys that were crossing over from center fire into the rim fire that were like, well, I want to use this and I want to use that. And I want to be able to use all the same stuff I use in the center fire match. Um, and we wouldn't allow them. And so there was that void of being able to train with a 22, the same way you would shoot your center fire for a national level match. So, you know, Tyler and I were, were racking our brains and we said, okay, well, why don't we just take the NRL format and limit it to 22 long rifle? So now we started NRL 22X, where the ranges are up to the match director. The course of fire is designed by the match director. It's still a one-day match, you know, because it's it's 22 and we want, you know, families to be able to travel. Mm-hmm. And you can have, you know, eight stages or 12 stages or 15 stages, whatever you can get done successfully in one day. Hmm. So we left 22X completely open to the imagination of the match director as far as the course of fires design. Then we also opened it up to have the same classifications as center fire. So you have open young guns and ladies, and you can run any gear you want unless the match director says different for their match or a specific course of fire. So if you want to shoot off a tripod or use a tripod as a, as a rear support, or you want a gamer play, or you want, you, you want to carry 10 different bags around, feel free. You can do Neat. pretty much whatever, whatever you can do at a center fire match, you can do at a rim fire match, except that it's all limited to factory 22 ammo. Okay. It has to be 22 long rifle. No 17 HMR, no 22 Magnums, no custom, you know, 22 projectiles. I know Cutting Edge just came out with, you know, some pretty, pretty unique uh, projectiles. Um, We're not allowing any of that right now because, again, we want to try to keep the, keep the playing field. Sorry. (laughs) We got the cat. Um, So, you know, we wanted to, to keep it so that the ammunition was a fair playing ground um, and people weren't trying to do anything too crazy. You don't need cat butt in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's my motto. Uh, that, was a little bit of a, that was a little bit of a show for everybody watching on YouTube. <laughs> I think we may uh, cue the 22 comments, Jim. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so it's really cool. And then, you know, with the website, one of the big things that we wanted to focus on in Centerfire, we have competitor profiles. So we track um, what matches they went to, their hit ratios, percentages. We try to keep a lot of different statistics on there. And then one of the, the cool things that I really like is on the website for 22X, um, you're, you can put in there who your sponsors are. 
So you can oh, list, okay. you know, what, what barrel you're running, what rifle, what optic, uh, what, you know, all kinds of different gear categories. So it kind of gives a, a way back to uh, say thank you to the sponsors or to show people what kind of gear is being used. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's really cool because now with 22X, um, again, when we started it, we had no idea if this was going to take off. You know, it's a gamble, right? We had, I think it was like two, a two-week window for people to submit an application to host a 22X match. And within that two-week period, it might be like a little bit shorter, but within that period, we had over 30-plus match directors submit to hold a match. And That's yeah, all right. 30-plus. And it literally goes from California to Maine. So it's truly national. And we accepted 29 of those matches. A couple of them we, we couldn't do just because of geographics and timing and things of that nature. And then like the following week after that, and even to this day, we still have people requesting to host 22X matches. So it's just, it's insane. I mean, 29 matches our first year for 22X, you know, for again, a caliber that, you know, we all consider to be a, a plink and go out, shoot some cans or the random squirrel type of, you know, round. And now it's turned into this national phenomenon. Yeah, that's awesome. That is, that is really, really cool. And uh, it seems like this, the X is even more so of a, of a transition between your regular NRL 22 match and somebody going to one of the bigger centerfire matches, having right. in a lot of those, a lot of those uh, unique characteristics of each match and, and kind of being up to the discretion of the match director. So. Oh, absolutely. So like when we designed the NRL, we really wanted to look at it as a complete system. So NRL Centerfire is kind of the, the pinnacle. NRL 22 is our entry point. This is where, you know, like, like Nick said, this is our gateway drug, right? This is where we get everybody excited and, and into the sport. And then we had the Border War Series, which were one-day club, uh, club regional matches with Centerfire. So to fill that gap, you know, 22X fits that perfect because now you're going from a 100-yard range to, I think, you know, the – the 22X match I shot, I think we shot out to 450 or 550 yards, you know, with the 22. That's a poke. And yeah, yeah that's, which is huge. Um, I don't think I hit, but, but I attempted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's went that uh, direction. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they landed somewhere over there. And then, you know, now from 22X, they can go into the Border War series and then back to to uh, centerfire NRL and then graduate back down to NRL 22 or 22X when they get older. Cause a lot of, we actually have a lot of guys 60 and over that are shooting 22 and 22X yeah. so much to the point that we created a, a old guys class. Right on. Okay. Gotcha. So, right on. So what, what are the division divisions again? You have, you have open, you have a young guns and then and ladies and ladies. And then, uh, and then an over. That's where, so that's, that's for 22X. For NRL 22, oh. we have open, base, young guns, ladies, air rifle, oh. and old guns. Okay. Uh, all right on. Okay. Hmm. I like it. So, yeah. Hey, we, we basically to cover everything. Yeah. I basically cover everything. Yeah. Man, the thought of uh, the thought of being in competition at one of these 22X matches and having to shoot targets with a 22 out to, you know, upwards of 500 yards... I've been hearing some 
stuff now about people breaking records in terms of how far they can shoot rimfire. And, and there's people already shooting 22s out to 1,000 yards. What? You know? yep. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is something I've been hearing. I, like, I want to say the last figure that I saw was that somebody shot out to like 1,004 yards or something yeah. along those lines. And it's just, it's crazy. And part of me is wondering, how do these match directors... Or the range uh, officers or whoever's there on scene, when you're shooting a 22 at a target 500 yards away, how are they calling hits and stuff like that? You know, I mean, are they just looking, they have to be basically on a spotter to see. On spotter, and, you know, if you, especially if you have a thin piece of steel, it, it makes noise. Um, oh, so you're you just think not about, using like the full on big, thick bad boys. Well, you can, but I mean, it won't react as much. If sure. you have a thinner piece of steel, uh, it's still going to stop that 22 round very easily, and you definitely hear it a lot more. Okay. Um, having a, a, a large, full-size, like, centerfire target, again, does work, but it's a lot harder to hear. Okay. Got it. Yeah, so typically, and a lot of times, um, match directors will use the magneto speed, the T-1000, yeah. so an indicator of some sort. Okay. But for 20, 22X matches, I don't think, I mean, of course, match directors could do what they want, um, as far as target distance, but I don't think you're going to see many targets past 500 for 22x. No, mm-hmm. sure. I think that's kind of that's kind of the limit for for setting records. You know, the thousand plus and, and all that. I think that that's great, but for a competition, uh, you know, a, a practical competition, I I don't think you're going to ever really see any of that. I'm sure the people shooting at a thousand yards, you know, everything's been set up just right you yeah. took a lot of time there's probably been a few misses i'm gonna throw i'm right. just gonna guess you know and so yeah if you're if you're getting only a couple opportunities to shoot at a target and hoping that some people at least hit it probably wouldn't go out that far but right yeah that I makes mean, sense even, it's still gonna be i mean but a 22 at 100 yards is still it gets affected a lot even yeah. just 100 well if i oh, can yeah. if i compare my ballistics here around sea level with my 22 versus my 308 um, i'm using about the same amount of uh, elevation to get to 200 yards that I do with my 308 at 1,000. Wow. So I mean, that's a in, very interesting comparison. 200 yards is essentially... Elevation-wise. Elevation-wise, the yeah. equivalent of 1,000. What kind of candid base do you have on your rifle? That I'm guessing, you know, if, I mean, if you're using, like, the strike, it's got the 34 mil tube, it's got a ton of adjustment in it. But even still, I mean, if you got to shoot out to 400... Yeah, I use a 20 it. MOA. I'll max out my turret, and I'll be holding over at the same time, too. Okay. No kidding, uh-huh. huh? Yeah. Wow. Same deal for I you, a, Travis? I use a 40. You, 40. Yeah, 40. Yeah. My, yeah, 40. My new Remax will have, uh, I think it's it's either a 30 or 40. I can't remember. On my CZ 457s, they have 20s. Are you zeroed at 50 or 100? I zero at 50. Okay. Got it. So, yeah, you're zeroed right up there near the top of the tube, I bet. So, like... Right here, this is the dope. We were shooting prey dogs this weekend. Uh, our, our dope on this, at 161 yards, our dope is 4.9. That's awesome. It is, it, you get all the fun and the experience and the difficulty level and the challenge and the, uh, the amount of stuff you have to think about in a relatively short, compact amount of time and space, which is obviously a lot of the allure to it and a lot of the fun of it. That's cool. Well, you know, 22s have been used for a long time for, for, training you know one of the things that i like about a 22 for training especially off of a barricade is that it's really easy to see your imperfections like if, if you um if you screw up your fundamentals you'll notice it a lot more at the 22 than let's say with a 223 or a six creed more sure um that bullet is moving slower takes longer to get out of the barrel it's kind of like shooting a uh, an ar-15 how you have a long lock time 
Um, if you don't follow through with your trigger pull, stuff like that, you'll, it's a lot more apparent with an AR. Um, same kind of concept with the 22. So if I'm shooting off of a barricade, even shooting at 100 yards, um, I'll see if I'm not following through with my shots. I'll see when my breathing's not you know, narrowed down and actually breaking in my respiratory pause. Like, yeah. you'll, you'll see those things change a lot more dramatically with that as a training tool. And then a lot of guys use it as a training tool. So now, you know, being able to have something like NRL 22 X where we can all go compete against each other using our training tools is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because in some other podcasts that we've talked, where we've talked with people about, you know, competition shooting and, and, um, form and, cartridges and all this stuff basically what i'm getting at is you know i was going to ask that how good of a training tool is 22 for when you're shooting center fire stuff because you hear people say oh when i shoot six creed or when i shoot six five creed it's real forgiving you know it tends to be at least and i can get away with a little bit more and then they talk about upping it to 308 and they say if you go up to 308 you notice a lot of the things you're doing wrong the gun is a little bit less forgiving and and that's kind of because of I don't know. I'd assume the recoil ballistics, maybe the three way. Yeah. yeah, recoil mostly, maybe. And then you go to twenty two, and then you're saying that it's it's exposing some of the things that you could improve upon. So it's funny that you have that middle ground there, where oh, if you go a little bit bigger, it'll expose certain things yeah. that you're doing wrong, and if you go actually smaller, it'll expose certain things you're doing wrong mm-hmm. for different reasons. Yeah, um, I have two different two training rifles in particular I like to utilize. I have uh, uh, my twenty two. And I have a 223. The 223 is mostly if I want to use the same. My 223 and my 6 Creed are in the same chassis, same length barrel, the same weight, same configuration, everything, same scope, same reticle. So I have essentially a duplicate that I can shoot a lot cheaper. Um, oh, okay. And then my 22, though, is I really like that for making sure I'm following through with every shot, making sure, you know, as far as a, a live fire trigger. Um, trigger practice is, I mean, you can, you can dry fire and that's, that's great. I think dry fire practice is extremely important, but as soon as you want to do a dry fire where the gun actually goes boom to, um, and see the results downrange 22, you can't beat it. Mm. I, I think the biggest difference is, you know, and one of the big attractions to the 22 is, you know, there, there's virtually, there's no recoil and there's no noise. Yeah. Right. So you, you, you go to a center fire match and, and even if you walk behind the stage, you know, 10 or 15 yards, you know, if a shot goes off and you don't have hearing pro on, uh, you feel it, right? Oh, yeah. You, you definitely, it, it's it like bugs, a stabbed right? in the ear. Right. You know, with the 22, you know, you, you can, not that we condone it, but you can shoot it without hearing pro on and still be virtually okay. You know, of, of course, we don't want everybody to always wear hearing, hearing pro and eyes, but the, the recoil, the sound, the boom, the, the explosion of the round going off, it, it, uh, you know, it's not existent. So it makes it a lot easier for people to get involved. And, you know, with the, the lack of the recoil, because there's no recoil, you can focus on your trigger pull and you can focus on where your optic is ending up versus where it started on target. So after sure. you pull that trigger, right? Are you left? Are you right? Are you this? Are you that? And that'll tell you your, about your body position and your fundamentals, you know, what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. Natural point A, um, all that stuff. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot less intimidating too, I think for a lot of people, you know, it's going to a national level center fire match can be pretty expensive. And 
I think I think pride often gets in the way of people wanting to go to a match and you know, pride and fear. There's a lot of factors, of course, but uh, something about saying, well, you want to go to a 22 match. More people are just willing to jump in and say, "Yeah, sure, it's just a twenty-two match." Right. Um, it's like say, "Hey, you want to go play a pickup game of basketball?" Yeah. Not being like, "Let's go play at the garden in front of fifty thousand people." <laughs> right. It's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, there's, a, there's a factor there, and I, I've been able to. I mean, my girlfriend, take her for example. Um, you know, I'm trying to get her to shoot some competition stuff, but uh, when I bought. I bought two CZ457s and just set them up identical so that I can lay down next to her and, and, and teach her the, you know, the fundamentals of marksmanship. And then actually we um, did a little barricade practice here a few months back. She actually shot really good. But just that alone, being able to put her between that behind that 22 versus having her jump behind my match rifle, which you know might not recoil very much, but it sure makes a loud sound you because know, that's a very efficient muzzle break. And yeah. um, it's easier to dial in uh, or create bad habits when you have something that's making a lot of noise when somebody's just getting into it you know um people that accidentally start slapping the trigger um target panic you know that's something that can freak people out and you know archery you guys shoot archery you know Mm -hmm. how bad target panic can be if you ever had it before you have a gun that's making a lot of noise it makes people jump and Mm -hmm. unless you unless you have some experience behind the rifle first it's easy to get into those bad habits yep Mm mm-hmm I mean, just the 22, it's just more pleasant to be around. I know some yeah. of the, you know, and I haven't been to a ton of shooting competitions, but even you go to, like, you know, a public range or you're just shooting next to some, it's, you're a little bit, even with hearing protection on, which you always want to wear, but, like, it's like, brace yourself, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jim, yep. you and I were shooting next to each other the other day. I'm not exactly sure what uh, you yes. had on the end of, of the barrel of your AR. Uh, I'm assuming it was a amplifier. stick of... A stick of dynamite that you attached to the... uh, (laughs) Like I said, Mark, it was a younger me that put that on there. Well, I'm older now, wiser. It turned my hearing comparatively into like a much older me (laughs) in one day. It was horrible. Yeah. It was... What... I mean, I guess I don't want to name it. Whatever it was, it was it was awful. It was a muzzle break that isn't completely unnecessary. But it makes a dang cool flame. Yes. It, it was a muzzle, bl- yeah. muzzle break slash flame yeah. thrower. It's great in CQB. You don't actually even have to hit the guy. You just burn him to death. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So like the, the right side of my <laughs> face was like literally yeah, like you red tan. hot. You yeah. got a tan. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, when you when you shoot a, when you shoot a, uh, especially a larger center fire, like I was shooting Mark's 300 Wisdom the other day. And uh, as much as I hate to admit it, actually wasn't as bad as I thought. But even still, I mean, it's 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 obviously when you compare it to a twenty-two, you're like, whoa. But I I had a, I think I put eighteen rounds through it, and I, two days later I had a nice green bruise right here. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like when you when you shoot one of those rifles, there's this mo you're concentrating on on the shot the fundamentals but there is always this moment at least it for me because i'm not up to the level and it depends a little bit on what you're shooting too but i'm I'm still not to the level of like some of these really elite shooters obviously but there's this moment where all your fundamentals you feel really good about you're concentrating and then you get to the point where like it's about to go off and then kaboom all hell breaks loose it's hard to concentrate on what even just happened you sort of come back to <laughs> you kind of see, okay, there's the scope. Uh, that's what, kind of what I'm looking at now. It's pointed in a completely different direction than it was, you know, for me sometimes at least. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then you're like, well, something happened. Let's uh, check the spotting scope to see what happened. And 
that moment where it's like the most important to really be concentrated. It's just like kabloom and it's, stuff goes crazy. But yeah, with a twenty two, you just at least with my suppressed twenty two that I use yeah. uh, for yep. uh, for yard duty, just <laughs> <laughs> yard duty. Yep, yard bit, cleanup. A little bit of yard work. There. Well, gotta, teaching gotta, teaching people how to call their shots is a huge thing too, and yeah. and being able to watch your own impacts and getting used to what that feels like is really easy to do with a 22 and getting somebody right. in the habit of doing that. That's um, one of the things that I, I think I see even some, I don't want to say top level shooters, but you know, I go to a national level match and I'll see people just not follow through with their shots and they pull the trigger and you know, pull the trigger and like move their head immediately or re- immediately remove their finger from the trigger. Like they don't keep the trigger pressed to the rear and, and, and actually watch their impacts. Sure. And, um, doing that's a great disservice to yourself. And, um, so being able to teach somebody that when they start to actually identify, call their shot, where did it go? You know, even have them shoot paper. Okay. Do you know if you hit left, right, up, down, where did that, where'd that bullet go without even having putting on the spotting scope and then, you know, check and they can usually tell you after you know 20 30 rounds in with a 22 yep yep what what about reading wind you know i mean we talk about long range shooter and wind being just kind of like the uh the ultimate enemy you know does shooting 22 i mean obviously it's going to be affected by the wind uh greatly particularly when you get out at distance but does it does it help you become a better wind caller with your center fire oh yeah i I believe so i mean obviously the numbers aren't going to line up but um, right, but you do have, you know. I need to make sure that your wind speeds usually usually pretty easy to figure out. You know, you'll have a high and a low, and you can get that using something like a Kestrel or weather meter. Um, but making sure that you have proper wind direction is mm-hmm. huge, and especially when you're talking about twenty twos. You know, a eleven o'clock wind versus a ten o'clock wind are dramatically different values. Mm-hmm. So being able to properly identify wind direction and then on top of that have wings, wind speed so that you can make an accurate hit. But I think so, most importantly is you know following through with your shot and being able to see, okay, because you're going to miss a lot of times. I mean, it's, it, especially if you got to four or 500 yards of the 22, it's pretty easy to miss a target seeing where you missed and then correcting and putting the next round on target. Because I could, you know, maybe uh, it says I have to hold three mils of wind. I got three mils on my target, and I pull the trigger, and I went an entire extra mil left. I need to be able to quickly correct onto that. Gotcha. Because um, the the misses are going to be more exaggerated usually with the twenty two. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's funny too because you know mentally when we're out shooting center fire, you know if you're holding a mil, mil and a half of wind, that's a lot of wind mm-hmm. that you're holding. Right? Oh yeah. On on a twenty two, you know, I was shooting a, a match at a, a target at hundred yards, and I was holding like three and a half mils. Oh my gosh! Like, this just this doesn't make sense in my head. What's going on here? <laughs> Why am I holding three and a half mils at hundred yards? Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. where that's it seems like. I'm curious about the way you guys use your rifle scopes in these matches because I'm I'm getting the sense that a first focal plane could be very useful. Oh yeah. In how Absolutely. much in how much you're going to end up using your reticle outside of just the center point of the reticle, you know? I mean, and and like, I'm curious what magnifications you guys find yourselves on most of the time, you know? And and you know, I, I think I saw your Travis looks like had the Strike Eagle five to twenty five. Yep. So and yes, Nick, sir. same deal for you, I think. So how are you guys using those things? Um, so for twenty two matches in particular, I, I shouldn't really speak on this. I should more or less uh, default to Travis for that one, but. I can tell you that as far as if you want to go to an NRL 22 match, 
take whatever you got oh, to yeah. try it out. Yeah, but I think is, if I, you want to be actually competitive, first focal point I think is 100% necessary. And um, I like... I like to have my magnification as low as I can and still be able to utilize my hash marks and everything because I want a large field of view. I want to be able to see things. Um, I know a lot of people kind of preach, you know, try to shoot in as a high magnification as you can. And, and I actually hear a lot of very high level shooters saying that. So I need to start probably trying to practice that a little bit more. But Travis, when you're shooting um, in a, a, like a regular NL 22 match inside of 100 yards, what type of magnification do you usually utilize? Uh, I usually like to stick around the, the 10, uh, 10 to 12 is okay. usually where I'm at. Um, when we shoot at closer targets that are like a quarter inch targets at like, you know, within 50 yards, uh, 25 yards, I like to power up a little bit more because the target is so small, mm. um, you know, a quarter inch. I mean, it's basically you're, you're shooting a target the same size as the projectile, right? Um, so Christmas. <laughs> it, it's you know it, it's tiny, so I like to zoom in on that. But typically, um, I'll I'll leave it around the ten or twelve mark. It's nice, especially with twenty two X now having that higher magnification because obviously when you're going out, you know three four hundred, you know in some cases five hundred yards, that magnification is definitely nice to have because again, you know targets are are typically going to be a little bit smaller. I'm sorry, a little bit larger, but it's a smaller round. So you want to be able to see where you're impacting at. Right? Sure. If you're sure. on the left side, right side, so on and so forth. And a lot of this targets, even though they're thinner steel, they don't report the same. So, you know, if when I say report the same, if you hit left edge, you know, your target's not going to move as much with a 22 versus a center fire. So I really yeah. want to be able to zoom in and see where I'm hitting to make those proper corrections. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd imagine if you hit like left edge, the target still kind of just goes straight back instead of you know you hit left edge with a center fire and the target's like way off to the right. Yeah, yeah. having a, a twenty five power is is huge. First focal plane I, is is a must. You have to have a first focal plane in, in my opinion sure. to to be competitive. If you want to go out and just start and play, use whatever you have. Absolutely, twenty two x twenty two x. You got to have a first focal plane to be you know, competitive. And are you, to know. are you, let's say on the closer shots where you're not potentially uh, in a, in a spot where you could run out of travel in your scope, right? Are you guys dialing most of those shots or are you holding most of your shots? Like if given, if you're like, yep, I don't, if I've got enough, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, room in that reticle to hold every shot, would you just hold or would you dial? I, I personally will try to dial every shot that I have time to dial. Okay. There's sometimes as a time restriction uh, short enough that I'll say, okay, I, I'm going to dial one shot, but then I'm going to hold for the other one. So at least I'm utilizing the center of my reticle for at least one uh, target. But the majority of the time, I'm going to try to dial everything if I can. Gotcha. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be my next, next question as well. I'm the same way, except for windage. Um, yeah. Once I have a zero uh, and my wind is good um, on my zero, I I maybe touch my windage once a match, if that. But I typically oh, okay. will always always Kentucky windage. Yeah, sure. I, I, I yeah, I don't I don't ever touch the wind, but elevation, I try to dial it every time I can. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any people that are going in? Um, it's funny. Anytime we've talked about MOA and MRAD and our podcast, there's always people, someone who makes the comment that your quarter MOA increments are more finite than your 0.1 mil increments. Is there anybody really just trying to be, you know, like uh, 
as ultimately competitive as they possibly can. And they and even though they might shoot mills normally, they'll go to MOA for tw- NRL 22 because they can make those super fine adjustments. Or, or are most people just shooting whenever they shoot on center fire? From my experience, everyone's still shooting mills. Everyone's shooting with the same thing that they're shooting center fire. Sure. And a part of that is the way that we communicate. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, your, your 10th off left edge or your this or, your, or, or whatever, um, when we're helping people zero or, you know, when you come off the line and you're like, dude, you were a 10th over everything. It's a common language now. Yeah. So yeah. when somebody comes up and, and is shooting an MOA reticle um, and you have to convert everything over. Nobody knows how to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I literally... I, I shot a center fire match with a, a a new scope that I was testing out and it was all MOA. And I had to ask one of my friends who's a, a firearms instructor, precision rifle instructor. I said, how the hell do I convert this over so I can understand what the hell everyone's talking about? <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't speak this language, bro. No <laughs> speak MOA. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So it's funny, but, um, you know, if you – you're going to go out and buy a new rifle. I mean, a new scope for this sport. I would definitely recommend a mill rifle. Yeah. Even okay. if you're unfamiliar with mills, I would still buy the mills and learn it. Cause it doesn't take very long to learn what you're doing. I mean, mill versus MOA, there's no different learning curve. Um, so go buy the mill scope yeah. and just learn what the value is. Well, and if everybody else is speaking in it too, why yeah. make it more complicated when you're always trying to convert what everybody's yeah. I see that leading to a lot of frustration. Well, anybody who brings an MOA optic to a, I shouldn't say everybody, but I would say almost everybody, the case to even a centerfire or NRL 22 match, they're, they're going to, if they if they take an MOA optic after that first match, they're going to be like, gosh, that's the next thing I buy is a mil scope. I mean, yep. every one of them will say that. We need to, we need to uh, request, you know how they have those things that you speak into in other countries and then it spits out what you just said in the, in the language. <laughs> right. we, need to, we need to request yeah. that they add MOA and MRAD to their list of languages. <laughs> so that way you can say, hey, dude, you were a tenth high and then hold it out to the person and be like, you were this many inches away. <laughs> oh, inches, right. Thanks, dude. Okay. Cut that out of the podcast and invent it right now. You know, Make yourself millions. Trademark. <laughs> TM. One thing I, I do want to say for you know all of our listeners out there is the sport is supposed to be you know NRL twenty two specifically is supposed to be um, something that you can get into with a relatively low budget. When you go to twenty two X, it's a, it's a completely different game. So don't when you go to a match, don't get intimidated by what gear other people are using. You know, go out there and just learn and have fun with what you have. Totally. Now that being said. If you can afford it, rifle technology is always is always going to change. There's going to be something that is going to come out and it's going to get better. It's you know it's going to change. I mean, five years ago, you know, two years ago, nobody thought you could hit 500 yards with the 22 consistently. Now we can do it, right? But one thing that I always talk to new shooters, centerfire, rimfire, it doesn't matter about, is always invest in good optics because that optic, if, if it's a good quality optic. That is going to be something that you can hand down to your grandchildren and it's still going to work and it's still going to do what you need it to do. And uh, if you have a the most expensive rifle you can buy and the cheapest scope on it, that rifle's not worth a damn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, um, you know, invest in good quality glass and make sure it does what you need it to do for that purpose. Yeah. You know, so... You know, when Nick told me about the Strike Eagle, I think one of the, the first things I asked him about was parallax. 
right? Because a lot of the bigger bigger optics was, you know, you had a 25 yard parallax. Well, we had targets within, you know, within 15 yards. So you can't see a quarter inch target that well with a 25 yard parallax. It's it's blurry, right? And if that's 10 points, that's a big, that's a, a match changer. Sure. Um, so when he told me, you know, I had a 15 yard parallax, I was like, yes, that, oh, yeah. that, that's awesome. Now, now there's a vortex platform that's designed. I don't know if that was specifically designed for 22, but it, it definitely fits the 22 market in every category. First local plane, 15 yard parallax, you know, 34 millimeter tubes. So you get great light. It was the first time in, you know, I just got mine from Nick and this weekend was the first time I shot it. And my initial impressions of, of the optic is I, I love the optic. I think it's a perfect optic for, for this sport. I haven't tried it on centerfire and I'm probably not going to ever remove it from my room X um, <laughs> because it, 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 it works so well right now. And, and that's going to be a rifle that we travel with to let people demo and, and try things out and kind of like our, our loner rifle for people that want to try something a little bit, you know, fancier than maybe what they have. But always, regardless of, of what you're spending your money on, good yeah. glasses is a must. Yeah, no joke with the Strike Eagle. I think what happened there was we were just trying to make a dang good rifle scope that would be good on pretty much everything. And uh, Seth, who was in on the podcast here before, I think put in a little bit of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge, hey, make sure that parallax goes down to uh to 15 for this uh up and coming thing you know which is the uh which is the 22 guys and um i think you got a couple of eyebrows raised back then too when we were first developing because these things you know oftentimes when you see a scope come out it's not like we just started developing it last week so you know at that time too even the nrl 22 was still relatively new um right. and uh and yeah but now super glad that ended up getting engineered that way because it, it does fit perfectly. I mean, you could put it on a 22, put it on a 50, you could put it on anything in between. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's awesome, you know, that he had some influence on that, you know, and it's cool to have folks here internally. I'm just going to pat our, our own guys on the back here a little bit, but you wouldn't think when I think of like, Oh, long range scope, five to 25, 34 millimeter tube, tons of travel. My next thought isn't, Oh yeah, I better be able to shoot this thing at 15 yards. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Oh, this is, for, this is for my 15 yard gun. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, right? You know, and and so like you said, Jim, it really is a cool scope that does a lot. Budget, it's a little bit more friendly, you know, than than some of the other long range options that are out there, but it's still feature rich and tons of quality there. So yeah, there, there's my Vortex advertisement of the day. I'm just gonna. Tack right on and I couldn't track. have done it without my vortex <laughs> optic. <laughs> insert insert guitar riff. Yes, yes. I think the map on that is six hundred bucks. I think it's summarized six six or seven hundred bucks somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's seven actually, and that is it makes it very affordable and ergonomically and feel and function and feature set. It's actually very similar to like a Gen 2 Razor. If you put them side by side at a glance, it looks like a black Gen 2 Razor. Oh, yeah. I was going to uh, say for the uh, folks that have been wanting that black Gen 2 for yeah, right? a while. Eh. You can yeah. save some money. Get, yeah. yeah, You're definitely going to have a lot more different quality items, you know, better features. Uh, the features themselves are more refined, I should say. Optical quality is going to be much better than a Gen Two Razor, but certainly, you know, yeah, that Strike Eagle is pretty, pretty outstanding. I'm just really happy with how it turned out, and uh, it really is perfect for even somebody who's very serious about being competitive in like NRL 22X can take that scope and be very successful for sure. For yeah. sure, we've talked a little about these targets, and it keeps hit. You're talking about quarter 
inch targets. So what is there like a standard target set like inside X distance, you know, targets will be this big or does it is it just up to the person who's designing the match? I mean, it does make sense, you know, close target, smaller target, further target, a little bit bigger, but how how's that working? How how big is the max and then I guess how small is the small and what's in between? So for the NRL 22 target package, um, it goes from a quarter inch all the way up to, I, I believe it's a six inch target and that's within a hundred yards. Oh, okay. that's your big one. The six inch. Yeah, right. So six, six inches is your, is the largest <laughs> that you're gonna get within a hundred yards. Now that's with still, that's still X, fairly small. Yeah, it is definitely still a small target with 22 X, you know, being that, you know, you can go out to four or 500 yards. It's really up to the match director's discretion uh, as far as the target size. But what a lot of our match directors are trying to do is because this is so new, we're trying to uh, figure out mathematically and realistically, because math doesn't always line up with reality, right? With what's cap- what we're capable of. What is going to be something that is challenging, but not frustrating. Yeah. The last thing we want to do is set up a 500 yard target that nobody hits. And you just day. piss everybody off. <laughs> right. 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 You know, you, you go home and you're like, just spent, you know, I just bought a, $2,000 voodoo and a, you know, 900 or a $700, you know, strike Eagle. And I can't hit anything. You know, that's not fun. No. Right. You go home frustrated. So as the 22 X develops uh, just like it did for centerfire. So in centerfire, we have suggested target sizes at suggested ranges. And that's based off of math, but also experience. So what we're doing with the 22 X is this first year is, a lot of it, we're consulting with our, uh, with each other, with our match directors, and we're saying, hey, at our match, this worked really well, um, or this didn't work so well. You know, do you want to put a 22 spinner at 200 yards? Probably not. It's probably, you're probably not going to get a lot of spins on it, right? Um, you know, within, you know, 100 yards, it's going to be a lot more fun for more people. Mm. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. If I were a match director for a 22x match, you know what I do? I'm I almost like 99% certain there'd be safety concerns with it and so maybe this is just in my, you know, Willy Wonka world, but take advantage of the 22s drop and you put a berm halfway between you and the target and then you lay the target down flat on the ground or at like a very shallow yeah. So you have to shoot it and then and then arc it over the berm and then have it come back down and hit the target on the ground. That would be pretty Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then just have everybody just like blindly shooting into the sky and hoping they just arc it right down onto the yeah. It'd be terrible. It's a terrible yeah. idea. Le- legal disclaimer for Vortex. This is just a hypothetical conversation. This is trying to take your own risk. Legal yes. disclaimer. Do not do exactly. Thank you very much, Travis. Do not do not attempt at home or at your own range. This is strictly day drinking talk. Uh, we are having we're having water. So Travis um, just gets done saying, you know, we want the target raid to be fun, and Jim goes, you know, what we ought to do make it impossible. <laughs> You're not going to be able to see the target, but we're going to ask you to hit it. Just trust us that it's there. Yeah, it's between this, the left and right lateral limits, and, and right about there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man, I couldn't <laughs> wait. I, I'd be excited to see all the weird, different ammunition people would try and bring for that one. Just shooting like little CB caps or whatever, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's actually funny you're talking about doing the arc of the bullet uh, in as far as uh, part of the stage. We had one here, a centerfire match in uh, in Wisconsin, and um, they put an ipsic and then a circle behind the ipsic, and you had to use essentially the arc of the bullet to 
to hit the target behind the Ipsic oh, by like shooting th- over its shoulder. Thread and, that and, and, yeah, you basically had to aim at the Ipsic shoulder because you know that bolts. Oh can, my gosh! Yeah. Wow! Wow! That yeah, was pretty pretty cool. Uh, it was set up really well, and that was like an example of where something like a six Creedmoor had a disadvantage over a three hundred eight because you had a little bit more arc in that three hundred eight. Right. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It was pretty cool. You know, and then speaking of ammo, that's another huge benefit to 22 right now. And I'm sure this is going to change, but you don't have to reload. Yeah. Right. You know, it's all, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't reload because I don't have time and I don't really shoot uh, a bunch of matches because I have to work at the matches. But, you know, when I want to go out and shoot a 22 match, I don't have to worry about reloading. I just grab, you know, the lot off of the shelf that I know works with mm-hmm. whatever rifle. Um, and I go out and have fun and I don't have to pick up brass. I don't, you know, I mean, of course we clean up the range, but I'm not worried about collecting my brass to reload. Right. You know, it just, that whole aspect of it too is, is such a stress reliever. Cause I know, uh, I know, uh, Regina, right, Nick, mm-hmm. Regina's she's reloading for her center fire match, you know, five hours before her flight. Yeah. Yeah. What's her, uh, what's her hashtag? Fresh ammo is the best ammo or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. That's the freshest ammo. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 22, grab it off the shelf and you can fit 500 rounds in your pocket and, and, you know, you're good for all day and the next day. It's true. She's an example of somebody who does a lot of center fire. Obviously she's very well known for it, but she's kind of jumping in the 22 stuff pretty hard too. Um, just, it's a, it's a good, it's a good training outlet and, um, you know, just training in the backyard by yourself is it's whatever. But if you get to go and add that competition aspect, it makes training a lot more fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm not convinced that just due to the increasing popularity in this, that more people won't start loading like crazy custom 22 rounds. Oh, I right. mean, I, I think that you'll always have probably where the bulk of people because to to your point most of the people that are shooting these matches are shooting factory ammo and it's doing and and sometimes it's required to shoot factory ammo and it does great right like you can do it just fine but i still have to believe some people are just gonna oh. keep chasing that it's gonna, i mean it's, it's probably next, even already happening i'm sure yeah. but it's the next like, evolution of tinkering right i mean like look at even look going from like your ruger 1022 to building a rifle like what you guys are talking about here. i'm already like, getting impre- i'm getting a more pre- mark it's happening <laughs> i know i <laughs> i think i told you earlier but i'm getting one fully so. aware fully aware but mostly it, for yard work <laughs> precision yard work yeah um it's just, you know, it's that next evolution, though. It's like, okay, this stock, this chassis, this barrel. Okay, now we've done this. It's like, eh, what if I did reload that twenty-two? Right. Now, I'm not saying I will because I won't. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but somebody will. But, you know, in yeah. fact, that's what, almost, uh, that's what sells me on this, you know, compared to some other stuff, right? But uh, I don't know. It is the cur- there's a curiosity component there too. Well, you know, you, you look at people like you know we have a few people on our on our team like uh, Robert Orman and uh, Tony Gimelli, which do a lot of 22 now. Um, and then you have uh, like Allison Zane's a perfect example. Um, was she was she third in the NRL 22 finale last year? I think it was. Yes, I, I believe. Yeah, it was third. she took third overall, um, and she was. Uh, excuse me, Allison, I'm going to forget your age, but either thir- or 14 or 15 Thir- years 13 old. 13 or 14. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so she took over third overall in the finale. And um, 
you know, just training with her dad. She's a very dedicated, hardworking shooter, but she loves it. And now she's going to center fire matches and she's top lady at almost every match she goes to. And wow. she shot the Vortex Sandstorm here um, a, a few weeks ago. And I know she was in the top 20 overall uh, of a hundred and I think 120 shooters there or something like that. I mean, it was, she's, she's just an absolute monster. And, um, but it's because of stuff like NRL 22 that allows somebody like her that had very little familiarity with the competition shooting and stuff like that. Um, obviously a dedicated, hardworking individual and it paid off for, but, um, it's just an outlet for somebody who wants to get into it and just, again, a gateway to, um, a place to start. Yeah. You know, it's going to be really interesting is the championship this year. Her and Regina who've become good friends are going to go head to head. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be oh, pretty that's awesome. Cool. Oh, geez. Nice. Yeah. Cause uh, Allison was Regina's amateur at, um, at the gap grind, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, now they're going to be actually like, facing off and, and like <laughs> as, as far as like shooter to shooter, they're very evenly matched and, and Allison's pretty new to the game and Regina's been in the game for quite a while. So it's going to be, it's pretty, pretty cool. In a true tale of Sensei and Grasshopper. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I know. It is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so we should write gosh. a book about this. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The student becomes the teacher. It could be. Has there been any uh, interest from like uh, collegiate? perspective just with uh i guess you know all the pros of this type of shooting so yes we um we actually last year started working with i believe it was uh the university of wyoming they had a a team of competitive shooters for both rimfire and centerfire they got a grant from the nra which allowed them to buy some 22s and some things of that nature for their club um, and we've been trying to start a collegiate division. It's just with, with the political background and everything, you know, over the past couple of years, it's just been, and, and schools, yeah. it's just been really difficult sure. to kind of get that off the ground. I would love to see a collegiate division and, and it would probably be one of the divisions that I personally would support the most just because I, I you know, nothing against the, the seasoned competitive shooter. I like, working with the younger shooters because sure. that's, that's the future, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Nick and I are going to, you know, in five years time, we're going to be like, I remember when we, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 let's go have another drink. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let, 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 let the young guns run it now. Right. Yeah. Um, God, you're so, going to be that crotchety guy at the range. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I already kind of am. <laughs> I, I just had, I could, I could see it maybe becoming a thing for you. You got a bunch of people getting into, firearms right now literally Damn. right now tons of people getting into it uh, a lot of people looking to learn and then you also have i mean even even some politicians not to get political but that uh would even seem to be against firearms they're telling everybody to go get a shotgun so i mean what's the problem with a little 22 too you right. know i mean <laughs> Just, you know right add a little 22 yeah little yeah. do they know it's the gateway <laughs> it's, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, it's funny that you say that because last so June it was the start of our new season, and um, I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head. I apologize, but June uh, last season during a, a pandemic, you know, couple of months, whatever, we had over a thousand competitors shoot NRL twenty two in the month of June. That over is so a thousand cool. People. That is so cool. So I mean that that right there tells you that it's growing and. 
I've been saying it from day one. I firmly, firmly believe that NRL 22 will surpass Centerfire uh, within the next couple of years. Oof. So I actually I don't doubt that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It just it's so much easier for anybody to you know pick up their 22 that's been sitting in the closet and You're go s- shoot a match. It, it's it's really. It's just too easy to get into it to not have it pass it eventually. Your super experienced pro will do it. Your amateur just starting out will do it. Whereas like centerfire, really high end, illustrious matches, your super novice beginner probably isn't going to do that. It's like, you know, so you end up with probably more people. Yeah. Yeah, Accessibility. Yeah, I was just going to say accessibility is just such a big thing. It is. And, you know, a couple of great examples. Uh, Paul Dallin. Uh, who's last year's NRL 22 champion. Uh, he came out to the 22X match in Washington, and he brought his son, first match his son shot. Now his son wants to keep shooting, mm-hmm. right? Cool. Uh, Michael Lilly uh, brought out his son, um, who uh, I kind of helped coach for, for that match, and now he's shooting centerfire. You know, he's doing training videos with his dad. His dad's doing a whole series of how his son got into the sport and what they're doing to train him up to go shoot a centerfire match. John Pinch, uh, NRL centerfire champion, national champion. He's talking, you know, he went out and bought like five or six 22s, and he's talking about getting his son out and shooting 22 matches now. So these pros that we, you know, we all, you know, look up to as far as the sport is concerned are getting their kids involved on the 22 side, which means they're coming down to the 22 side to help coach their kids. Right. So the, level of shooter that we're going to have for center fire in 10 years is just going to be scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, That's cool. Their, their talent is going to be insane. Yeah. Well, well, and you're taking something, you know, when you have kids, right. You know, or, and you have, let's say you have a hobby, whether it's hunting or fishing or cars or something, sometimes that can be something that like you have to make that decision where, yep, I really enjoy doing this, but it does take time away from the family where this seems definitely more, like, oh no, this is something we can do together. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still do I'm still shooting. This is what I enjoy, but now I get to actually do it with my kids, which is actually probably even more fun. Help them, help them grow, develop their shooting skills. And it's not that, well, I had to make this sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see a lot of families just come out together at NRL twenty two matches. Yep. Just all show up at the same time. Like it's it's a it's a Saturday activity. For the family, no longer like, uh, yep, mom's going to a match or dad's going to a match. It's, when it's nice, it's just one day, yep. you know, and all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah. And, and the cool part is, you know, father, son, and, and, you know, mom or whatever, you can buy one rifle and share that rifle. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't have even better, right? Because you don't have to, you don't have to, you're not worried about the barrel overheating. You don't need it to cool oh, yeah. down, you know, between rounds or I mean, between stages. You know, you can, you know, dad can go shoot, let somebody else shoot, give the son enough time to reload the bags, and then dad can coach the son. Because all of our young guns, uh, either 22 or 22X, are allowed to be coached. Oh, that's fly. nice. Mm-hmm. So as, as long as they can safely manipulate the firearm, dad or mom or, or whoever, Fred, can help call wind and help, you know, help suggest what to use and how to do it. So, you know... Even if you're a family and you you know you don't you can't afford three of everything, but you could afford one nice that you can all share. You guys can still all three of you can come out and play. Yeah, cool. that works great. It's nice that coaching's a lot for that too. Yeah, because I've shot a match. The first ever three gun match that I shot, or second one, was the Vortex Shooter Source, and there's coaching allowed there for people who need it. And it was like, 
it made it fun. Yeah. Because otherwise right. it would have just been, oh, hey, <laughs> it's super funny watching you, you know, we'll just throw you out in the water and you don't know how to swim and we'll just yeah, nobody watch likes you struggle. To, That's, nobody likes yeah, to get their right. butt kicked. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's, not, it's not fun. Yeah. Well, and just like learning in that moment, like, yeah. you know, as far as like somebody even like going back, like, okay, remember when you were at Barricade, whatever, and you did this, you could have done that, but to like, have somebody no, like help just... you make that correction in real time, be like, oh, yeah, I saw how that worked, like yeah. immediately. Otherwise, if people are like, remember that time, you're like, no, I was just trying not to trip over my own shoelaces. <laughs> right. You know, right. Yeah. No, I don't remember because my eyes were starting to well up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, the, the funny, the flip side to that is you have young guns out there like Allison Zane um, and, and Reese Bose and, and some of the other competitors that are young guns that as soon as their dad or somebody opens their mouth, they're like, be quiet, dad, I got this. Yep. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right, and right. then you see their scores at the end and, and like, you know, the daughter or son's way up here and dad's way down at the bottom of the list and you're like, yeah, don't don't bother her, Dad. Right. <laughs> Let her <play> her game. <laughs> it, it is really funny. Actually, Regina was telling me during the uh, gap or the gap grind when they were shooting her and Allison shooting together. Um, somebody was talking about wind, and um, and she's like, mm, "I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, it's it's um, it, it's it's funny how much somebody's confidence can increase so dramatically when they start off right. That's cool. Super, uh, it, super, super interesting stuff. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, you know, with the kids too. Um, I've been around, you know, a, a ton of different kids from for different sports and and activities and and whatnot. The kids that shoot or the young guns that shoot NRL, NRL twenty two, NRL twenty two X. It's really weird because they have a whole different level of respect than a lot of other kids in other sports. So if and what I mean by that is I've seen kids that, you know, they're just super in tune with technology and, and video games and their iPhone or iPad or whatever it is. And you try to talk to them or get them to do something physical and they're just super not interested, mm-hmm. you know, super lazy. This past weekend at a, at a center fire match, uh, but he's also a 4-H kid, I was talking to him and every, at the end of every sentence was, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, uh, when I went to shake his hand, he looked me in my eye and he shook my hand. And and I was like, this, you know, this kid is is the definition of respect and mm-hmm. of, of the sport and of the people around him. And I see that with every, every young gun I've met in the NRL um, in this sport is just always super, hey, do you need help? Hey, can we... Um, you know, can we try this or, Hey, you know, they want to listen to everything that you tell them and then they implement it. They don't, it just doesn't go in one ear and out the other. And what I love about that is, you know, it goes back to the, the sport being able to help shape the community so that our community grows in a more positive light. And people don't think that, you know, gun people are, are these weird evil people. No, these kids are, these kids, you know, these are the type of kids that hopefully one day I have with my wife, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, uh, you know, the, the young guns is, is one of the biggest reasons that we do any of this. And so I just want to get off that pedestal, but it's, uh, it's amazing how uh, the youth in our community is just so, so awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Totally. That's awesome. Well, this has been super good conversation with you, Travis. Hey, I have one more question though. So sure. I'm, I'm curious because 22 
ammo. I've been noticing it's hard to find. At least in the har- in the hardware store, every time I yeah. go and I look, right? You know, you always you always do the pass by in case there's just it's it's the hail mary. Well, you're, you're probably riding in Nick's wake. It sounds like. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he comes through with just sweeps an arm out on the shelf, and just right. But <laughs> uh, in your regular NRL 22, you see, I think there's some other. Are there other rim fire cartridges that are allowed to be used in the regular NRL 22? No, everything is twenty two long rifle. Everything That's is twenty two long rifle. Ex- oh, okay. Except for air rifle. Air rifle, you can use, you know, Got a project a different type of projectile. You have to. Okay, so I've just we're talking about rim fires, though. I mean, we have been in general, and it's it's this increasing uh, topic and popularity and stuff. And every time I go through, there's twenty two WMR and there's seventeen HMR, and I look at them and I'm thinking to myself. Why don't I have one of those? I know, you know, right? they're like the 300 wisdom of rim fires. That's what they are, Mark, because they're just popular enough that the store has to stock them, but they're just unpopular enough that no one really buys them, so they're always on the shelf. Someone does. And I keep thinking to myself, someone, someone does. It's probably you. <laughs> so I keep wondering to myself, why don't I have one of those? But I don't, I don't know why. And I was going to ask you guys. I at yeah. first I thought maybe they were allowed, but but it makes sense that they're not. It's NRL 22. But yeah. Uh, yeah. so. I'm not, I'm not a, what is it, ballistician? You know, ballistician. I, don't, I don't know a bunch, yeah. I don't know a bunch about ammo um, on that side of it, but from what I understand, the 17 HMR and the 22 Magnums and the Wisdoms and things of that nature uh, inherently are not as accurate as 22 long rifle. Interesting. Yeah, there's actually, it has to do with the bullet, the actual design of the bullet and um Crossing from supersonic to subsonic. That's why most match 22 ammo actually starts off subsonic, just below the sound barrier. So it never actually has oh. to cross that transonic zone. Okay, I was going to say, because when you actually look at a 22 LR bullet, it's not that slippery looking. No, it's, it's got not. the funny no. little like ridges on it. It's kind of just a round nose. Yep. But if you start it off subsonic, then you're in. It travels very efficiently. For its size, uh, sure. in a subsonic range, if if, it, if you were to, and you can go buy twenty-two ammo that really scoots and uh, is well over supersonic, but if you go out to longer ranges where it actually has to cross over that that sound barrier yeah. point, you, you're going to lose its stability a lot faster. Interesting. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. What an interesting thing the sound barrier is. It's it's like it's a physical barrier. It really is. It's. We should do a podcast on that sometime with somebody, like somebody who understands physics and air and sound. Yeah, and yeah that'd be cool. Anyway. Somebody a lot smarter than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, no, I had, to, I had to ask that because literally every time I'm in that aisle, I think to myself, maybe I should get a 17. And then I walk away, I'm like, nah. But then I walk yeah, back and I think I the same back, thing I again. think about it again. So. Well, I mean, it's funny that you talk about ammo because you're off the shelf like Remington bulk ammo 22 stuff that you buy in a bucket or whatever those you know uh, 50 round trays or whatever that's not the ammo that people are shooting in 22 or 22x you guys are mostly Uh, shooting yeah what would that be but you'll see a lot of uh ely and lapua type ammo but it's it's interesting because ammunition the design of the ammunition and the barrel it can work you're like Nick, you have a 457. I have a 457. What works in his rifle yeah. may not work in mine. Hmm. So okay. 22 ammo is super finicky to the point where a lot of the top competitors in 22 will send their rifle to be tested at the Lapua Center, and then they'll go out. Like I know I don't want to say his name, but I know one gentleman sent in his rifle to get lot tested, 
he found the perfect lot. They test, I don't know, like 10 or 20 different lots. They find the perfect lot that's tuned for his rifle. And then he went out and he bought something like 20,000 rounds mm -hmm. of 22 ammo because he knew that that specific lot was perfect for his rifle. So he wow. bought everything that he could. Yard work just got a whole lot more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've learned. Yeah, the um, some of the 22 ammo I, I personally use for like um, if I'm really trying to be precise, I want to get a, like a high round count but still be accurate. The, the actually the um, Federal Auto Match is fantastic, especially considering it does come in a bulk box. Sure, uh, I go through a lot of that if I'm just you know practicing my trigger pull and stuff. But if I um, if I'm actually going to longer ranges, um, the SK Long range match is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the uh, Lapua Center X is ridiculous. Um, I've used the Ely that shoots really good. Um, so the, yeah, there are some you know higher echelon uh, twenty two uh, ammo out there, and that's what most people use in the competition. But you know there are some um, CCI Green Tag. Uh, my buddy Isaiah just built a. Uh, uh, a 22 and a Remax action, and he showed me his his group with the uh, CCI green tag. It was fantastic. When I said, just imagine if you put some you know SK through that thing. Um, but yeah, there there are some that are really good, but it's all going to be barrel dependent. Um, you could put a tuner on your 22 and make the ammo shoot a little bit better, but still like you know having your having your rifle sent off and have it lot tested is how long does that usually take? I actually don't know. What is that? Um, the, the test is a couple of hours, so it just depends on, on shipping time. Okay. You know, so you can send it in. I know, I think it was Ely just opened up a second facility. Was it Ely or Lapua? Ely or, I, I'm sorry, Ely or Lapua just opened up a, a second facility on the East Coast. So with the popularity of, of this, and I think Ely actually has a mobile testing center. Like they have oh, a, really? They have a semi that they'll go to matches, and you can test your rifle in that semi. Oh, that's cool. They've literally started making mobile testing center for 22s. Yes. That's cool. It's I did a, not know that. It's insane. This is a wide wildfire. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I think it's great. If there's anything that's going to catch on and get super awesome and freaking cool, it should be 22s, you know, or yeah. whatever. I don't know. I just think it's it's great. Everybody can do that. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Got some Got some good details. Now. I see your wheels turning. Yeah. The wheels are turning as right. as we speak. Those gophers are in trouble. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, anyway, or not. I'm not going to incriminate, incriminate myself just in case. Um, <laughs> no. Um, the the next thing is is you guys got to tag along with Nick and come out to a match. Totally. Yeah. It'd sure. be fun. It'd be are there fun. any in the Wisconsin area? There, there's one in. There's one not too far from here. I don't think. Minnesota? Yeah, I know you guys have a couple of club matches. And yeah, we got some Minnesota club matches. Is... I'm talking about uh, NRL 22X. There's one in uh, close Minnesota, to Minnesota. Just took place. Okay, did yeah. shoot. I missed that one. The, the okay. Rush Lake one just took place. I'm looking at where you guys are. There's Ohio. How far is Ohio from you guys? About eight hours. Not too bad. Mark, yeah, there, we're, I think we're gonna have. We only need hundred yards. Well, yeah. Set one up. Or yeah, if we do the X, we'll need a little bit more. But yeah. Come down well, to the it'll be a competition to see who's got a more Gucci 22 rifle. Because I know I, I'm I usually think, I'm usually kind of slumming it, you know, right. and trying to just do it on budget. <laughs> but when it comes to 22, I'm not messing around. I'm yes. Okay, well, this is good to know. It's getting real. Got my work. I think we need to set up the the NRL 22X Vortex Challenge in your guys' shooting lane, and we're gonna have everybody come to your facility, 
and, and shoot at your place. Heck yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm down. I'm down. As long as I'm invited. <laughs> Sweet. Well, yeah, Travis, thanks a ton for joining us, man. It was super cool talking to you. Yeah, appreciate oh, it. Oh, likewise. Really, really cool. Um, really cool series, man. I, I dig it. Or not series, but just uh, discipline. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, series discipline the whole nine. I mean, it's it, it's awesome. And I want to thank you guys. Um, you guys have been a huge supporter of, of the NRL, NRL 22, now NRL 22X. And, you know, as uh, as both a sponsor and, and over the years, Nick has become a good friend. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show and, and for all of the support and love that Vortex shows us. And hopefully that, you know, we do back for you guys. Uh, and whatever whatever we can do to help you guys, you know, we're here for you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome, awesome man. Well, yeah, Thank hey, you. and for everybody listening out there, just remember, go and check out one of these matches if you can. Hopefully there's something local to you. And let us know if you have any other questions on this stuff, too, because we can always uh, talk further about those things. So... Until next time, though, we'll catch everybody next. We'll catch everybody next time. Until next time, you know what? I'm I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm too busy thinking about uh, 22s right now. But so anyway, all right. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show. Maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like. So that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released. So that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you could take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So again, everybody, thanks and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.